You are listening to the first ever Taipei Story Slam podcast. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for pressing play. On a rainy night in October, dedicated fans of live storytelling ventured to Sappho Live Jazz to hear other humans share their lived experiences based around the theme, Oh, the Horror. Because, you know, October, Halloween. These are those stories. First up, we have Lizzie. Lizzie is going to tell us a story about one of the most horrible species to ever walk planet Earth. Spoiler alert, it's not humans. My horror story. Um, I have two younger sisters. When we were growing up, for some reason, um, we lived on the first floor. And you know, like a lot of cockroaches and rats like to hang out <laughs> unexpectedly. So like that was the our worst nightmare: seeing cockroaches. You know, one big one that flies. <laughs> that really scared the shit out of all of us because we were young. But then one day, I don't know what we did. We we were naughty or something. I guess like paint using the markers drawing on the wall, and my mom got really pissed. Got three of us all like on our knees by the bed as punishment. So we were there like, oh god, this is horrible. This 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 must be the worst day of my life. Getting on my knees, but like just drawing, expressing myself. Why can't I just be myself? You know. I could be the next greatest artist, like I don't know Picasso or something, right? But no, now I'm on the ground, like on my knees, for something that I enjoy doing but can't. So I don't know how long that we were there for, but like I, I start sweating and stuff, and then um, I hear that sound. Like, fuck! I can't hear cockroaches coming. But we, we're not supposed to leave because we're kind of, you know, being punished. So if we leave, my mom's gonna come back and get even more pissed and we might get whacked. And then just like that. Uh, not just one or two, but like a group of them, for some reason, all came out, like surrounded us. Fuck. All three of us jumped on the bed, like screaming. But my mom was not home. Nobody could do it. So, um,. Like, I was the oldest one, so I tried to jump off the bed, try to avoid the cockroaches, and then try to get some help for, for my sisters. And um, they were still on bed shaking because they, the, those, those things might crawl on the bed and shit. And then finally my mom came back, and then, like, you know, she, like, t- uh, took the broom and got all of those things out. And we were grateful for that. But, you know, later on, like, maybe 10 years later, we were talking about it. My mom was like, what are you talking about? There were only three. There were only three cockroaches. It was not, like, surrounded the whole bed. But that's how terrifying the cockroaches were for all of us. Just like, oh, man, those are, like, 
worst thing ever. Who's afraid of cockroaches? Please tell me. I hope I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, especially the ones that can fly. Yeah, and also, then there's another thing happened. Um, I was working in a kindergarten uh, that's close to a mountain, so it has all different kinds of insects. And um, one evening, uh, the English teacher, she came out screaming, like, I don't know what happened, but she was screaming really loud. So I tried to go upstairs, uh, go upstairs and see what happened. There was a, there was a spider, like, this big, on the stairs, just at the corner. And she was, like, screaming the shit out of her head, like, somebody help! But I don't, I'm not afraid of spiders, so I just took a um, plastic bag and I catch it. And then tie in a bag and show her. She's growing even louder. Well, I guess that's her horror story now. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Lizzie's a stand-up comedian, so check out some Republic of Comedy events in Taipei and you'll probably see her around. Next up, we've got Amy. Amy is going to tell us a story that would definitely make M. Night Shyamalan himself shit his pants. Rock it. Okay. <laughs> hey, guys. Hi. Hey, Amy. So, whatever Colin just said earlier about Japanese school, I was having a chill over there. Justin's arms like got squished very hard because I'm really easily scared. And I blame it on the culture here in Taiwan. You know, growing up in Taiwan, you know, a lot of superstitious things going on. Uh, you know, parents tell you, can't point at the moon because your ear get cut, you can't stick your chopstick on the bowl of rice because you're inviting goats to join you for dinner. You can't pick up the money on the ground because you're going to marry someone from the underworld and you can't uh, what else? You can't whistle at night because goats going to come, come home with you and sleep with you and what else? Uh, lots of things. Swimming? 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 No, swimming during the ghost month is like forbidden because you're gonna be one of the pals in the, the underworld, you know, under the sea. Yeah, all that. Uh, ghost, ghost month basically you just can't do shit. You just have to stay home and watch TV. And if you watch, uh, happen to see a horror movie, that will came true. That will happen to you. So if a ghost gonna cl climb out of the TV, that's gonna happen. If you like, ghost like reach out his hand through the toilet and wipe your ass, you're gonna drag down to the toilet. And if you sleep like up like a different side than you used to, then you're gonna wake up in a totally different world, and everyone's gonna you know have no eyes or something. All that shit. Imagine me growing up in this kind of this kind of world, you know, growing up like that. Terrifying. And now that I'm thinking thinking of it, I'm gonna like I'm just like shaking. Okay. Right. So um yeah, Jonah's talking about something about dying. Um I think the best way to die is doing sleep. Like that's the pieces like the peace, most peaceful way to die. So whenever like dangerous like life threatening things happen, I just try to knock myself out. 
go to sleep. You can sleep through I do ID for like Independent Day movie. You can go to sleep with this, like totally fine. You should just fall asleep right now. That never works. I always wake up in the middle of the earthquake and everything. Another thing about Taiwan, you know, earthquake. Oh, we're gonna die. You never know. So very terrifying. Alright. So growing up, uh, my my little brother is very gifted. Very, very gifted. He can see things that we can't normally see. So basically he would just stare at the corner of the room for hours and he'd just be like, um, the show, you know, stop sitting at the bathroom corner, it's really creepy. And he would not answer, he would just like stare at it, not, not talking to anyone. And then I realized, you know, growing up, I realized he can see things that we can't see. And I started to believe everything that he said, and things that he says that creeping me out. Be like, we're sleeping in the same room, we go out like going overseas on the travel, family travel. He'd be like, you need to knock on the door before going to the room. I was like, why? Because a, a lot of people are in it. <laughs> okay, you're freaking me out. So I knocked on the door, and I when I twist it, I can literally hear footsteps, like close by, but there is no one else in on the in the hallway, and I. Went inside the room, nothing's there. Imagine how frightened I was, but I need to act cool because my brother told me if you act panic, they would know that you know that they're there. So when they know, they're gonna grab the one who knows. So <laughs> be cool, lay back. Whatever happened, just be cool. And I said, okay. So I act cool whenever there's a midnight toilet flush <laughs> and the window is like banging and all that shit going on and my brother would be like don't look into under your bed don't look under your bed I saw red eyes and I'm like okay I'm, ha I'm having all the panic attacks he's the one who's acting all cool and stuff and everything just freaking me out and about the schools that you know a lot of students go suicide and everything that happens in Taiwan too you know you guys probably all teachers and stuff you know like how Taiwanese students you know we're not living we don't have childhood we don't have all that you know just go, go to school go to crime school go to school go to sleep and all that um, my high school was actually pretty famous with, you know, putting the pressure on students and make sure they get all the best test boot ever and they need to like write as much homework as possible. So I heard about this student, like didn't get a good grade going to high school, so he jumped. And he, um, same age as me, so I actually met him before, like during one of those, those like, classes that we took together and that night I went to bed uh, after hearing the story I went to bed and my brother told me that I really like your friend he's a good listener so I was like what are you talking about yeah the guy the, the, the boy you came home together with today <laughs> and I was like what are you talking about I was like 
the guy was wearing the same uniform. Stop asking me what I'm talking about. I was like, okay, can you ask him to leave? Okay. And he said, no, because he really liked you. And I was like, can you tell him I'm lesbian and I don't like him? <laughs> and he said, he can't hear everything that we're saying right now. Okay, so I went to bed. I didn't take I didn't take shower that night. I went straight to bed. <laughs> I was lying in my bed, like blanket covering myself, and I asked my brother not to talk to me or anyone who's in my in our room. Just like not talk to any of us. And then he poked me in the middle of the night. Just like poking my belly and stuff. I got really annoyed it. I flipped my blanket up and my brother was like sleeping all over there against the other wall. So I looked down. I can see my belly going down like this. But there's no hand. So I freaked out big time. I screamed, I shouted, my parents went into the door, went into the room and asked what what the hell's going on. I said, there's a ghost. And my brother just like scream and say, I told you not to know, not to say that you know. They grab the one that who knows. And then I woke up and I realized I never had a brother. <laughs> Amy is a stand-up comedian. She has a Facebook fan page called Amy, the Stand-Up Comedian. Find her. Like her. Suggest a better Facebook page name. Next up, we have Cameron. He is a magician, and you can find him also on Facebook under Cameron's Magic School. Oh, the horror. On the way down here, I, uh, I bit my lip three times in the exact same spot. So I'm actually no! bleeding from the lip right now, just to add to the effect. It's a true story. All right, so uh, I lived in China for a year. And um, for some of you who have lived in Taiwan to experience China, it's not the same. Um, a lot of foreigners go there for their first teaching experience. And they end up becoming runners, which means that they literally run back home and escape. Um, I was forced um, into staying there. Sorry, uh, I, I forced myself to stay. Anyway, I, I got to know the culture for a year, and uh, it changed my life forever, and I learned some new habits. Now, in our small town, there was no good fast food restaurant to eat at. There was one place, though, called Chunks. At least that's what the sign looked like, and that's what you blow after eating there. It was literally McDonald's, if there were no clown. Then the food wasn't cooked properly. It was uh, uncooked chicken breast on a soggy bun with a shittier version of McDonald's french fries. And there were no shortage of cockroaches to welcome you to your table. In fact, their uh, mascot should have been a giant cockroach, just a welcome to chunks, where if you don't eat your food, we'll eat it for you. 
Oh, the horror! So, in China, there's no trash bins. And not one. So, uh, what you end up doing is having to throw it on the ground. Uh, and it's no light, delicate toss. It's actually more of a, you have to put your back into it. It's more of a, a guttural thing. You have to make a, a grunting sound. It's more like, <laughs> Now, to this day, if I don't see a trash bin in my vicinity, I'm ashamed to admit it, I will simply it. Because it's much more fun than saving the environment. But uh, by the end of the day, the entire streets would be littered with garbage. The whole town. And you know how they'd get rid of it? One single old dude from a neighboring village would arrive early in the morning with a witch's broom and just sweep it up. And by the next morning, on the way to work, you could literally, literally, thank you, eat off the ground, eat off the ground. I'm sure he was compensated. Oh, the horror! Now, there's one thing you learn very quickly when moving to China. Can anyone guess what that is? Chinese. Spitting. Spitting, Chinese. Ghost stories. Ghost stories, sure. Uh, well, so I should say one thing yes. you have to learn <laughs> after Kung Fu, uh, that would be how to use a squatter. Now, after a year, I was comfortable. I learned how to use it. Some of my friends to this day have not. But there are different kinds of squatters. Uh, levels, I should say. Level one, normal. That's a stall with a toilet in the floor, a tissue dispenser, and a door. <laughs> I know what this is coming. <laughs> Level two, B-Y-O-T-P. And that's when you realize you have to go really bad and there's no tissue left in the dispenser. And by left, I mean they never refill it. Ever. <laughs> so that's one lesson you learn very quickly when you live in China. And that is to B-Y-O-T-P, which is bring your own toilet paper. Exactly. Finally, there is level three nightmare. Bring your own powies first. I like that. The fraud of that. Jesus. Level three is nightmare. And of course, uh, that's when it's uh, missing a door. There's shit smeared all over the walls. And the hope of finding tissue paper is uh, like winning the lottery in America with a receipt you got from Family Mart. <laughs> Little to none. Oh, the horror! Now, we lived there for a year, and during that year, we actually forgot how to dance. You see, Chinese, um, when they go to clubs, they only move from the uh, waist up. They don't use the most important body part while dancing, which, of course, would be your, your ass. <laughs> Head, yes, and uh, legs, your legs, that would be. Um, <clears throat> now, I have a theory as to why that's true. Um, a lot of the nightclubs there, if you've ever been, um, they actually have, in lieu of normal dance floors, they have bouncy dance floors. Has anyone tried these out? They have bouncy trampoles, literally like a trampoline. So the only movement with your legs is this. So there's no actual like, grace to it. Um, they have perfected one move though, I call it the Kung Fu Swing. You mentioned Kung Fu earlier, I'm just going to put the mic down. 
So it involves two uh, movements, the karate chop, so karate chop position, and simply uh, moving side to side, chopping side to side like so. <laughs> and uh, you add a second movement, which is called the head sway, which is this. And of course, last but not least, you need shitty techno remixes of shitty pop music. So it's just the same shitty song, just faster. Put it all together and you get this. Baby, 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 oh. Baby, 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 oh. I won't go on. Thank you. <laughs> you have to see it to believe it. Um, now, one funny thing that happened is uh, the guys in the clubs would actually push their girlfriends onto us to grind. And by grind, I mean a weird version of this. It, it, it wasn't very, uh, wasn't very hot. And the the Chinese dude would be like, "That's right. See my girlfriend? She's hot. She's dancing with the foreigner." And he'd look over and see us grabbing her tits and slapping her ass. He'd get angry and pull her away. And then I'd be like, "See." I got the most handsome dude's girlfriend in here. That's right. Oh, the horror! I'd like to leave off with a lesson in Chinese. Um, I'm going to ask once again, what do you think is the first phrase I learned in Chinese? The first phrase. Can you take a guess? Are you 18? That's not Chinese. In Chinese. I'm going to say no. How much for bareback? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> no, but I'd like to learn that tonight. Um, it was Dafei Ji. And of course, if you have, if you speak Chinese, that means hit airplane. Hit airplane. Airplane. Yes, so. In our small town, there were uh, many small towns in the large city that we lived in, but ours was the most famous for prostitution. Not the typical kind of prostitution, the kind that uh, at the end of your massage, well, they'd make sure that uh, it, it wasn't sad. <laughs> so at the end of a long day's work, what better way to uh, unwind than go for a full body oil massage with happy ending, don't judge me, unless you wanted to do something else, which there was nothing else, uh, unless you enjoyed the local delicacy, which was baijiu, which tasted like gasoline and river water. So there wasn't much else to do, so happy endings they were. Now, I was walking one day by uh, on the sidewalk, and I noticed a salon. I recognized this salon as the same building as the parlor we attended the night before. I recognized the lady as the same lady who was giving me a daffy G not eight hours earlier, shampooing a poor unsuspecting customer, his scalp. And of course, um, you know that the Chinese style shampoo deep scalp massages, they're, they're really deep. Come to think of it, I'm not sure it was shampoo at all. Oh, the horror! 
Thank you, my name is Cameron. I hope you have a happy and horrible Halloween. Thank you. Find Cameron on Facebook. Just search Cameron's Magic School. The way Story Slam works, halfway through the night, people who feel inspired by the stories that have been told already can decide to write their name on a piece of paper and get chosen to tell their story based around the theme. Antonella was one of those people. She didn't come with a story prepared, but she was inspired by the previous stories. Antonella's story and the story we'll hear right after it by Charlie are both less big on the whole ghosts or gross horror and more big on the wow, humans are kind of horrible. Hello. Hello. So, um, in Taiwan, my I work as a travel agent. A travel agent. I work for an Italian travel company, and we sell tours to Taiwanese travel agencies to Italy. And when we started the market three years ago, there was no other Italian travel company in Taiwan. So it's only worldwide companies, companies selling tours from worldwide. But my company only does Italy. And so our clients, when they start meeting with us, like, okay, we want to work with you because you're an Italian company. You can give us something different. You know, everybody, when you, if you want to go to Italy and then you register on the website, you do, you know, all the Taiwanese travel travel companies. You will see they all sell the same hotels. They all go to the same places. Please, so just something new. So okay, when we book some some new tours, I would be like. Oh, I see that this hotel is never used by the groups and it's very beautiful. Why would, why don't we sleep, like the clients would sleep here? This is a beautiful castle in Tuscany and with original furniture from uh, oh no, the 18th century and blah, blah. They would be like, no. <coughs> well, why? This is beautiful. Maybe it's not on the way or something. Okay. Oh, and what about this beautiful hotel in Venice? Just on the main island, and you know, with typical furniture, and you know, it looks very interesting with the antiques. And then we'll be like, no, this is not okay. Like, okay, how can I help you? Can you suggest something you know that your clients might like? Yeah, what about just a holiday inn that looks the same in every city? Like, okay, if that's what you like, then you know, it's cheaper. And then you know, then. I was asking questions, like, why are those hotels not okay? And at the end we realized it's because they are haunted, because they look old, and they are old, and they are old buildings. So that's why the Taiwanese clients don't want to go. I would be like, okay, so after a while we have a file in which we have black list of hotels that Taiwanese clients <laughs> don't like because, because mainland Chinese tourists go there so we cannot use them. <laughs> and then we have to create a new file that haunted hotels that Taiwanese clients don't want to go in. And to my surprise, because also what the clients want is famous places, especially if they've been on TV. <laughs> so that's why I suggested a place which is um, um, it's in it's in southern Italy, and it's run by a famous gangster 
and he does weddings there, and they have a, you know, they have a, a TV series about the weddings of other mafia people going <laughs> and doing things like, oh, fireworks, horses, and so, oh, you might really like this place, but, it, you know, they look at, the clients look at it like, you know, this has been on TV, which is great, but it looks too old, and we heard that it's haunted, so that went on the list. And another one, one week once we booked a hotel in Tuscany and the clients went there and where the clients were still in tour, we got an email from the hotel saying, you know, I talked with the tour leader and I think the group really liked the hotel. You must send more groups here. Because when I told him that the building was 800 years old, he looked very surprised. Like, Fuck you, now it's on the list too. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't surprise. It was like, very scared, and so, so we, you know, the, the haunted list is just becoming longer and longer. Now we don't know where to put these people, but, but yeah, once I had one of the most famous Taiwanese uh, travel agency called me and said, you know, we have to have a meeting about our last group meeting. Like, okay, what happened? Like, is there any problem with the bus, with the breakfast, the hotel, the meals? Like, no, you. I don't want to talk about it on the phone, so come here. So I went to the company. Well, there was a very special experience in one of the rooms. What happened? And the first thing that I'm thinking about is our drive bus driver going to harass the clients because that happened before. <laughs> and so, like, what happened in the room? So, okay, we were in this hotel in Naples, in front of the train station, and there was a ghost in the hotel, like, in all the rooms? No, of course, in just one room, okay. So, but the problem is not only there was the ghost, also the hotel management was very rude to our clients. Like, what happened? Well, they went downstairs, they told the hotel manager that there was a ghost, <laughs> and the hotel manager asked if they saw the ghost, and they said no, and the manager started laughing. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, you know, cultural difference, but I say, you know, but if they didn't see the ghost, you know, what, what happened? They felt it. Okay, can I ask how they felt it? Well, actually, you know, this is true because it was not two clients. It's what, it was one client and the tour leader sleeping in the same twin room. So, you know, this must be true. We have to trust our tour leader is hired by our company. It's like, okay, so what, how, what happened with the ghost? Well. In different times of night, the ghost slapped both, both the people in the room. <laughs> okay, so I was in front of my client, so I, I couldn't, you know, if I have laughed, I, I already learned that laughing was not a good reaction there, if I want to continue working with them, doing, doing business. So I was like, okay, we'll try to check with the hotel about that. And say yes, please. And also, we we'll never want to use this hotel again. No, I cannot have this hotel go on the list. This is very like we have a very good contract. The price is good. The hotel is nice. So I talk with my company. They also say, you know, you need to do something about this hotel. You need to convince the clients that it's not haunted. So, you know, I call again the clients. Like so, we call the hotel management. It's not true. And they said, you know that. Uh, they, they, you know, they apologize for being rude. Is that maybe they didn't understand because their English is not very good? And also, um, 
what do you think about continuing using this hotel? Like, no, it's haunted. It's going to be used. Um, what was the room that this happened in? Oh, room 303. I'm like, well, we can just, you know, have as the hotel when we book it, not to give us room 303. And there are other rooms, what about, were they ghosts in other rooms? Mm, no, that's, that sounds like a good idea. Deal. So that's how I continue to sell the hotel. But, so this is what I told my clients, and, and I'm happy that I convinced them. But what I didn't tell my clients is this. When I grow up and become a ghost, that's what I want to do in my afterlife. Slap stupid, stupid people. Now, remind me, because two of the people are here that were there, last year we went to Shanghai with Taipei Improv for, a, for a, the International Improv Festival. There was something with one of the rooms, wasn't there? I think it was uh, your room. There was like a weird vibe with your room, coldness or something. Did I make that up? Did I not? No? Okay. Someone was slapping me in the night. I was rooming with Charlie. Was that... Oh, man. I... Do you know how much I spent on exorcists? I heard a slapping noise from the other room. Pat, Pat, stop it. Stop it. Okay, and speaking of Charlie, our last storyteller for the night is uh, one of my favorite stand-ups. If you've been, you've been here the whole show, shut up. I didn't say that before. Um, but actually, one of my favorite stand-ups and improvisers and uh, generally all-around awesome guy, Charlie Storr. Thanks, Colin. Good times. <laughs> okay. well, I wasn't going to tell a story tonight, but uh, Catania has, uh, has kind of strong-armed me uh, into this one. Um, and it's not, it's not a story that is uh, kind of... Well, it is a little bit supernatural, in a way, if you believe in God. Um, I don't anymore. And this story is kind of a little bit uh, part of it. In, in a past life, we could say, uh, I was, in fact, a born-again Christian. And uh, this... And I, I don't... In some ways, I regret it. But, you know, on the other hand, I've got a lot of material for my stand-up from it. So, you know, I don't, I don't regret it too much. Um, but at one time, I did, in fact, work for uh, God TV in the United Kingdom. We have a, we have a, a what well, was one of the first uh, Christian, I think it was the first Christian t uh, satellite TV station called God TV. Have you, have you, have you seen it? Have you seen it? Anyone else from, from England who knows of, of God TV? Yeah, I, I used to work for them. I was in the the viewer's response department, and it was actually, it was a nice little job at first, because all you had to do was, you know, you just answer the phone, and people would say, what time is that program on? And you'd, you'd, you'd look at your schedule, and you'd say, it's on at 9.30 on Wednesday, and they'd say, thank you very much, and you'd say, you're very welcome, God bless you. And, and you know, and you would fold out, and fold up leaflets, and do mail outs, and stuff like that, it really wasn't too challenging at all. But then... After I'd been there, maybe I think six months, there was a big change. Now, the, the head of the company was a South African called Rory. Rory Alec. Rory Eric, because he was South African. <laughs> and and he, was, he was very much of that sort of charismatic leadership model. You know, he said something and, and 
And, and you know, everyone went, yeah, he was blonde and he wore sort of khaki suits and he was very South African and exuberant. And everyone kind of, you know, well, worshipped him, if that's not too, too strong a word. You know, he was, he was the guy, you know, he was the visionary who had built this entire company from nothing when he had no money and, and you know, was, was, you know, got the first, Europe's first uh, Christian satellite broadcasting company on the go. So when he announced that we were going to, to do our own satellite broadcasting package to rival Sky, <laughs> basically he was going to say, we're taking on Rupert Murdoch in the UK. And, you know, people, people don't want to get Sky because it's nasty and it has pornography on it. And, but they, they want a clean, family-based package of channels. And we're going, that's what we're going to do. Uh, so we, we set up our own... Uh, service where we would supply your digital box and, and, a, and a satellite dish and you'd get it installed and you'd pay us a monthly subscription for our whacking range of four channels. One of them was a radio station. Uh, but anyway, but, you know, this was, this was quite exciting to a number of our viewers and, and they did. Unfortunately, they signed up in their droves. They signed up, like, you know, we wanted it to be successful but the problem was we were, we, we, it was too successful and we were completely inundated and our poor uh, viewers response staff of me and like half a dozen others, we were suddenly finding that we were having to take like several thousand phone calls every day. And, and I've actually talked about this at Story Stand before, the thing was that everything that could, that could have gone wrong with this thing really did go wrong. One of Rory's great sayings was, you know, there's two ways. There's the right way, and then there's God's way. <laughs> Actual quote. And, you know, and, and now, you know, now I look at it, you know, and I'm like, well, yeah, okay, there's the right way, and then there's, you know, God's way, which that's the other one, that's the wrong way. <laughs> but, you know, at the time, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're on board with this, you're like, yeah, right on, because the ways of God are higher than the ways of man, and that's, that's if God says... If God says that six people can take 6,000 phone calls a day, then yeah, we can do that with the power of the Spirit or something. But it was, it was incredibly uh, stressful because, yeah, so, they, so basically the call center that we had hoped was going to be taking the calls for us fell through. Um, they, you know, the boxes that we were supposed to get did not come for, for ages. And then we had mega problems sending them out, and then the satellite didn't work. And then the satellite did work, but it was on the wrong frequency, and everyone had to tune their boxes. Uh, and just everything was just a, a colossal fuck up. So I was, I was sort of in the, you know, the most stressful situation that I've ever been in my life. And thankfully, a lot of our customers were very patient with us, you know, as might be expected, you know, because they were Christians and what have you. We, uh, we quickly learned that there's, there's, there's levels of how patient different Christians are. Like, like London's Nigerian Christian community, not so patient. Not, not so patient, as it, as it turns out. <laughs> but the absolutely worst customers, the ones I didn't like, were, were, were the people with, with, the, with the nasal voices, the nasal customers. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if you've met any people from the UK who speak like this. If you're from America and you maybe think that all British people have lovely speaking voices, but actually, there's quite a sizable population in the United Kingdom who kind of talk like this. And it, 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 it absolutely drives you mad. And if, you get, if you've got one of these in your ear, 
It's 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 just the demanded snow, you know. It's very strange because I sent you my my application form and my cheque for thirty five pounds, and I see you have deducted it from my account. And say there was one day when I was pretty much at the end of my tether. We were we were we were in our porter cabin office. We didn't even have a proper office anymore because the engineers had moved into our old office and they kicked us out into the, into the porter cabins. And yet, yeah, so we've phone calls all day, the phone just ringing the whole time, the whole time everyone's on the phone, my supervisor's on the phone, my manager's on the phone, there's no one, you know, it's, it's just absolutely jammed solid. Until I get one of these guys and he bends my ear for about 15 minutes about how he's paid his subscription and he hasn't got his box yet. And, and how, you know, this is, this is not good for a company that's supposed to be representing the kingdom of God. You know, we should, we should be holding ourselves to a higher standard. And, and uh, you know, and I really, I really want to pass him on to my supervisor, but I can't because she's on the phone. My other supervisor's on the phone. The head of my department is on the phone. Everyone's on the phone. And eventually this guy... Well, basically, he goes nuclear. He's like, I, 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 would, I would quite like to talk to Rory. I'd, I'd like to talk to Rory, please. And I'm, I'm like, I was thinking, no, you don't understand. No one talks to Rory. Only God speaks to Rory. And then Rory delivers, you know, that's, that's the chain of command. That's how it goes down. You don't, you don't get to speak to Rory. I don't get to speak to Rory. I, I, I've never spoken to Rory. But the guy's like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't call watch this. So in the end, I said, okay, okay. As St. Paul uh, said, no, as the, as the guy who was trying St. Paul in the Bible, see, I still remember some of it, said, you have, you have appealed to Caesar, to Caesar you shall go. So I thought, fine, I'll put you through to Rory. Let's see how this goes. This isn't going to end well, but I'll put you through to Rory. So I, I dialed through to Rory's secretary, and ah, she's on the phone. So there's nothing I can, I can do about that. I bring the call back, and I say, well, look, I tried to put you through to Rory, but, you know, it's not coming through, and to be honest, he wouldn't want to speak to you anyway, <laughs> so, uh, and then the guy, he just, he says something, he just sends me over the edge, he goes, oh dear, oh dear, <laughs> oh, that's not very good, is it, and it just, I, it, I just, I just flipped, something in, just in that tone, it was just, you know, just so dismissive of, of everything that of, all, of, of everything I was and all my hopes and dreams. It was like he was talking to a worm and going, "Oh dear, oh dear, you are a pathetic creature, aren't you? You can't even put a call through." And 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 I hung up. That's it. I was just and I'm not. I think that was the first time I'd ever done that. Despite all the stress we had, it was the first time I hung up on a customer and. Uh, and I didn't feel proud of it, but I thought, well, at least he's gone now. But then the next uh, call I get is, uh, well, basically my supervisor says, uh, Rory's secretary's on the phone. She wants to know why you put the phone down on the customer. And I, uh, what? And it turned out that that whole latter part of the conversation from the time I had tried to put this guy through to, to Rory's secretary has all been recorded on her voicemail. Oh. All of it. Oh. So, so, 
that's that is basically the horror, the horror of my story. But I thought that you know this is well, this is embarrassing, but you know at least this is sort of a private thing that will be resolved between myself and the customer. I'll apologise and you know Rory Secretary or whatever. But no, it turns out that everyone in the company is aware of my misdemeanour. One of my friends who's, who's in the programming department says, <laughs> uh, heard about you and the customer answer. Because it turned out that basically Rory's secretary had been playing the recording for everyone who wanted to hear it. She'd been go, have you heard this? Have you heard this? This is appalling. Have you? I am shocked. I am shocked and appalled. You? I'm going to play it again. I'll play it again. Hey, you're in the corridor. Come and hear this. Come and hear this. What do you think of this? Isn't that shocking? Isn't that appalling? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm sure it is. I was put on disciplinary notice for six months, but uh, it's okay. I got over it, and now I'm not a Christian anymore. And Rory committed adultery, and he's not at the God Channel anymore. Yes! <laughs> Thank you. just heard Charlie telling a truly terrifying story about what can go wrong with telephones. Charlie is a member of Taipei Improv, so check out Taipei Improv. You can like them on Facebook and hear about those events. That's it. That's the first ever Taipei Story Slam podcast episode. Oh, the horror. I hope you liked it. I liked it. I liked making it. I hope you liked listening to it. If you did, share it. Share it with your friends. Like us on Facebook, Taipei Story Slam. Obviously, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or however you listen to podcasts. I don't know. Right now, we're listening to the Haunted House song by Planet Cock. Before that, we heard Hallelujah Horror. That was by me with a sample by the MIT Chamber Chorus. Before that, Magic at the Beach by Miss Massive Snowflake. Before that, Cylinder 4 by Chris Zabriskie. Before that, Waxing and Waning by Robin Crutchfeld. Before that, Candy Cyanide by Apache Tomcat. And the very first track we heard was Prelude number 15 by Chris Zabriskie. Most of the music you heard on the podcast today was found at freemusicarchive.org, so check that out if you're into cool free music. I have a couple of thank yous. Thank you to Sappho for hosting Story Slam every month. Thank you to Keith at ICRT and Andrew at RTI for the podcasting advice and tech support. Thank you, Colin, for organizing Taipei Story Slam and keeping it going. Obviously, thank you, storytellers, for sharing yourselves with us. And then lastly, I wanted to say, again, thank you for listening. And because you've listened to this whole thing, presumably, and not just skipped to the end, you get a little special. This is Colin singing the Tao song. Mm-hmm.
Dow, 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 dow,